The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. I want you to think about something. What if the world was ending tomorrow? And I should clarify, 
I don't mean there's an asteroid going to come and destroy everything and kill everyone because that's a different scenario. What if, according to your beliefs, there was going to be a rapture tomorrow? God was going to come snatch you and your fellow believers up and take you off into heaven and everyone else was going to be thrown into hell. It's already been decided. There's no saving them. You can't do anything else for them. They're gone. What does it allow you morally to do today? What does it cause you to do when you interact with your fellow man today? Are you kinder? Are you meaner? If you're hungry and he has some food, do you just take it? Why not? I've asked myself this question about atheism. I'm not an atheist. And I wonder, I'm sure I have atheists listening as we speak. I wonder how you come up with your moral code if you are one. Because societies throughout the history of mankind have used religion to come up with their moral codes, period. Whether you're the Aztecs and you're carving out the heart of children, whether you're Jews, Christians, Muslims, whatever the case may be, the eight eight trillion different religions there have been, that's how you come up with your moral code. But if you believe there's nothing... How do you come up with yours, and what's your motivation to stick to it? If it doesn't matter, then it doesn't matter, right? We're going to talk today about one of the most fascinating individuals you probably have never heard of, and I will tell you, I have been reading on him for 24 hours now, and I still cannot figure out if this person is genuine, if he's the best con man of all time, if he's a mixture of the two, clearly brilliant, maybe insane. I don't know. And you're going to have to come up with your own. And Full disclosure, there's going to be some Mormon talk today. I'm not a Mormon. And if I screw something up with your religion, you're welcome to email me. But I don't feel bad about it. I just, you know the rule. If you get offended, it's your fault. I've done the best I can to present this as accurately as humanly possible. Buck up, buttercup. But you are welcome to correct me if I get basics wrong. That doesn't bother me in the least. Then you're welcome to yell at me too. I get that. If you got to get something off your chest, just know that I don't care if you're offended. I don't get offended. You can say whatever you want about me, my religion, my family. It doesn't matter to me. James Strang. That's the man's name. He was born in New York. And from an early age, his mother was all over him as far as protecting him goes. He was kind of a delicate boy, they said. But 
again, it's so odd. From an early, early age, he appeared to be brilliant, genius. As a child, he kept diaries. He kept diaries where he talked extensively about how he thought he was supposed to be some great world leader or general. Compared himself to Napoleon, wanted to be that way. But also, get this, wrote many things in his diaries in code, code that nobody could decipher for over a hundred years after he died as a child. I don't, I don't understand how that happens. He has a list of jobs as he's coming up. He has a list of religions, including atheism. He's a Baptist at one point in time. He's most definitely a charlatan at this point. Does he remain a charlatan? Well, you'll have to decide for yourself. And when I say charlatan, I mean he sold land to people in other states that didn't exist. Ended up having to leave town because he sold land to a man in Ohio and the man goes to Ohio and the land doesn't exist. (laughs) Comes back and says, uh, James. And James says, peace, I'm heading west. And we are talking 19th century here. 19th century, you need to understand a couple things. 1830s. 1834, 35-ish is a wealthy time in the United States of America. There is a humongous, humongous boom, economic boom in this country. There was silver, there was uh, wages were up, employment was up. And at this point in time, we are in the westward expansion portion of America. This is going to be fairly rough as far as maps go, but you need to think of Illinois, really. is That's Western America, and people are beginning to explore out west of that. They're going out to Utah, California, Colorado, and that place is still considered to be wild and untamed. It is very much dangerous country, Indian country. Animal country. It's it's scary country. But people pushed west for a lot of different reasons. People pushed west for freedom. Go get a piece of land, start my own thing. People pushed west for personal reasons. Wife left me, I'm going to strike out on my own. People pushed west for religious reasons. I'm going to go convert the savages. Or, in the case of the Mormons, I'm going to push west because everyone hates our freaking guts. And they did. And they ended up settling in a place, Nauvoo, Illinois. It's a town that still exists. And I'm not going to go into everything that happened there, but just know this is the place where Joseph Smith was assassinated as he sat in jail. 
assassinated, as in 200 men busted in and shot them to death. Mormons are trying to find a safe place for them to practice their religion at this time. And what they were running into was this. America was extremely tolerant of religions, kind of. Extremely tolerant up to the point where your religion set yourself apart, superseded society, superseded the law, and there was a Mormon thing where they really believed in setting up a monarch, a king. I'm talking crown in the works, baby. That gets uncomfortable and ended with Joseph Smith dying. And some problems began. Hang on. Home title theft is not a joke. It's not something that only happens in the movies. It doesn't only happen somewhere else. It is in every state here in the United States of America, and they haven't found a way to stop it yet, except for home title law. It's the only chance you have at stopping it if they come after you. You see these cyber thieves, they go after home titles now, which are digital. Your home title's online. If they get a hold of yours and they're out there looking for it, as we speak, they're looking for mine too, they will forge your signature on it. They will take a loan out against it, a loan that you have to pay back or you will be evicted from your home. That is real. Home Title Lock is your chance to stop it. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Register your address. See if you're already a victim. Don't forget to use the promo code JESSE for 30 free days. Joseph Smith is dead. The Mormon... Kingdom, if you want to call it. I don't know if that's the right way to put it in Nauvoo. It's got to go. Getting run out of town. They need a new place to land and they need a new leader because Joseph Smith is dead. The Mormon religion in America needs a new leader. Brigham Young, I'm sure you've heard of him, steps up to the plate. Clearly the leader in the clubhouse. Mr. James Strang also steps up. You see, he had converted, maybe, to Mormonism. We don't know. We don't know what's genuine and what's not genuine. We, we know, according to everybody, he was a relatively new convert to Mormonism. New Joseph Smith, kind of. Joseph Smith dies, and James Strang produces a letter from Joseph Smith, he claims. This letter is naming him the new head of the Mormon church. Now it gets interesting. We know the man has been a charlatan in the past. 
We think the letter's a forgery, maybe. James Strang was a former postmaster. To figure out if things are accurate or not, back then you would check dates. You would check date stamps. You would try to figure out if things looked legit. And as a former postmaster, James Strang would have possessed the ability to make it look legit. All that said, this letter still exists to this day. They still study it. And to this day, there are a bunch of people that say this is crap. And there are a bunch of people that say this looks legit. (laughs) I don't know. I don't have answers to a lot of the questions we're going to ask today. I know this. James Strang produced a letter and said, this is legit. And there were a bunch of Mormons that said, you're full of crap. And there are a bunch of Mormons that said, oh, that does look legit. And we have this divide in the Mormon church. Now, Brigham Young is heading west. You know how all that ended up. He's heading west. Let's get out of here. Let's get away from everybody where we can practice our faith by ourselves. Strang doesn't want to head west. And many Mormons make the decision to go with Strang partially because they believe Strang's claims and partially because the west is scary. And let's be clear, the west is scary at this time. The best way I could describe it would probably be Africa. Pick some Grassy plain in Africa. Would you airdrop yourself and your family into some grassy plain of Africa? Now, you might be fine. And you might not be fine. Things could work out great. You could be eaten in a bowl of stew from a cannibal tribe. Things could be fine. You could live a free life. Or you could wake up in the jaws of a lion. You don't know. That's a great way to describe what the West really genuinely was in reality and in people's minds back then. Wild animals, big ones. Remember, they didn't have grizzly bears really back East. Grizzly bears are a whole new animal. Lewis and Clark wrote about this famously in their diary as they were charting their way out west. These grizzly bears terrified them. They talked about these monsters you would shoot seven, eight times and it doesn't die. That's scary. You have Indian stories, which are scary. Obviously, some of them are blown out of proportion and some of them are complete fabrications, but some of them ain't. People being tortured to death, burned alive, scalped. These are stories that would be intimidating. So if you want to practice your religion the way you want to, and you want your own place, but you don't necessarily want to go clear out west. It seems a little dangerous. Maybe this strang guy is somebody you would want to follow along with. And there are all kinds of divisions in the Mormon church at this time. Possibly still today. Again, I don't know. I'm not part of it. But one of them is the multiple wives thing. Polygamy. Strang at first was against it. Then he was for it. 
Many people, many, many people who followed him were dead set against this polygamy thing. I don't know what that division looks like percentage-wise in the Mormon church, but many people were against it. They end up following Strang up to a place called Beaver Island. Quick, Chris. Beaver Island is not small. It's in Lake Michigan. It's basically one quarter of the size of Michigan. It's huge. And they're searching for a utopian colony. This is the era of utopianism, big time. That's part of the reason the Mormons are heading west. It's definitely one of the reasons they head to Beaver Island. And back to the question at the beginning about what you would do if you thought the world was ending and you were getting into heaven and the other guy wasn't, this was an extremely strong era for that way of thinking, especially amongst the Mormons. People thought the world was coming to an end for a variety of reasons. And people were desperate. Remember I said the market was going well in the early 1830s? In 1837, you don't know about this, but there was a huge crash of all that. It's called the Panic of 1837, where the economy went into the crapper. That creates more panic for people, more desperation, more reaching out. And you find out there's a utopian colony on Beaver Island, and you say to yourself, that sounds not too bad. Now, how is... How is Mr. Strang still convincing people of this? Well, he had more than just a letter, kind of. He also had a vision, a dream, whatever you want to call it, where an angel came to him and told him, you should be a leader. You can mock that all you want. Scared, desperate people who are prone to believe that anyway may believe it. I will tell you, I believe in angels 100%. I believe angels have appeared and talked to people 100%. 100% says it in the Bible. I believe it. So, if I'm a Mormon, is it that big of a stretch to think one would appear to somebody? Someone I already believe in? Maybe not. I don't want to make them out to be crazy idiots. You understand what I mean? And let's keep this in mind. Remember the diary when he was a kid? This is a guy who had several different jobs, and this was whatever he was, con man, religious man, whatever he was, an extremely capable, charismatic, intelligent individual. He would not have appeared to be some wingnut up there as he's telling you the story of the angels visiting him. He also found some buried plates in the ground that happened to have some engravings saying, hey, this is our guy. Let's just say there was enough sign there that enough people believed him. We're talking 12,000 people here. Enough people believed him. This is, this is our guy. And as part of being the guy of Beaver Island, he is made the king Not necessarily of Beaver Island, but the king of the people there. Again, it's going to sound like I'm defending him. Makes him sound really bad. And I mean crown and everything. That sounds really bad, but that was how Mormons did things at the time. They had a king. Hang on.
Warrior's heart is doing something awesome. You see, I always say to people, don't tell me what you believe. Show me what you believe. If I tell you I care a lot about my health, I'm very worried about it, and yet I haven't had a piece of fruit in a week and I eat fast food three times a day, do I really care about my health? A lot of people tell you they care about veterans, but then they don't do anything about it. Warrior's Heart, they're finding veterans. They're bringing them into their 40-bed, 543-acre ranch, and they're getting them the PTSD, substance abuse, mild traumatic brain injury help they need. Warrior's Heart is out there doing the work. Surely you and I can help them, right? It's a 501c3. Go to warriorsheart.com slash the first, or if you're hurting, call 866-950-0636. Beaver Island becomes home to a gigantic sect of Mormons led by their king, who's king for six years, James Strang. In case you're wondering, there were some other people on the island. There were some Indians there. They kind of just got run out. There were many, many fishermen there, and that ended up being a bit of a problem. These were obviously not Mormons. They didn't like Mormons. The Mormons who were there didn't like them. They got pushed around. The fishermen claimed they would get revenge. Some people say they did get their revenge one day. James Strang is a king. I know you're probably weirded out. You're thinking this is a little cultish here. I have to say again, though, he wasn't a bad king. He was not some tyrant. He had a bunch of wives, but he wasn't, it was what he believed. He was not some tyrant who abused his people. He understood Beaver Island was a virtual gold mine for himself because it had trees. It's odd to think about, but there was a time when trees were oil, what oil is today. They were how they fueled everything. Beaver Island had tons of trees. And when I say the man was capable and a good king, I don't just mean he chopped down some trees and sold them. Yeah, he chopped down trees and sold them. He also had a rigorous replanting program so they could replace any trees they chopped down, keeping the economy going. In fact, they still to this day... Honor the man's environmental work. I'm not making this up. And I don't know if this was one big con or or he really believed it. He may have still been an atheist. He may have still been a Baptist. I don't know. But he wasn't bad. He really wasn't a bad king. However, remember the country has a problem with Mormons in general, 
And as the country is making its way, as it's feeling its way, deciding who and what we are. Remember, we're, we're in the 1830s here, 1840s. We're not that old as a nation. I mean, that is a baby as far as a nation goes. We're still making our way out west. Understandably, presidents, Congress, they're a little bit apprehensive about what is, by all intents and purposes, a separate kingdom being set up on an island. And the island, it was owned by the federal government. It's not like he bought Beaver Island. He just kind of moved into Beaver Island and decided this is going to be my place. Oh, did I mention he was a pirate? They were pirates. They would steal people's stuff. There was a way of thinking that it's all about to end anyway. We're God's chosen people. You're not. These things are now my things. Now, you can imagine how that would go. I'm trying to imagine what's the best way to put that into words today. Hmm. Pick a town where you live. This would be the best way to do this. Pick a town where you live. Small town. And picture, what's a religion people are apprehending? Islam's a perfect one. An Islamic guy moves into that town and a bunch of his Islamic followers, a bunch of his Muslim followers move into that town and they run out some of the non-Muslims who were in that town. Okay, now you're a little weirded out. Maybe it's a town, they'll call it 20,000 people. They run out a bunch of the non-Muslim followers. This Muslim guy who leads the people into that town is all of a sudden... Calling himself a sultan? He's the what? He's the sultan? That's a that's a little weird. There's a new mosque going up on every corner, and on occasion, a group of Muslims from this town will ride into your town and steal a car and drive it back their way. It was obviously a bit of a problem for people. It would make you what? You would be a little apprehensive about that. You would be looking around. Don't tell me you wouldn't be considering a call to the FBI. Uh, hey, are you? do you know what's going on here? You would. That's how Mormons were viewed back then. Will you add in, it doesn't take much stealing to get people now they're really angry and scared. And... Don't think for a second there wasn't some lying going on about the stealing that was actually taking place because people would be prone to believe it. Ah, I, I lost my horse. I bet the Mormons stole it. I'm going to write the government. Tell, there was the Mormons. Everyone will believe that. And the government gets it and they're like, yeah, I can see those dirty Mormons doing that. Absolutely. The Navy comes and raids the place and arrests him. They arrest James Strang. This might be my favorite part. He gets put on trial. He's so brilliant, he gets acquitted and runs for the Michigan State Legislature as a Democrat and wins. Not only does he run and win, he is, even according to people who hated his guts, an extremely accomplished, effective member of the Michigan State Legislature. He wasn't some wingnut who came in. He comes in, 
and does a bunch of really good stuff. He does so well, he gets reelected. <laughs> I love this guy. I love this guy. Not everybody loved this guy, though. Eventually, he finds himself on a dock one day. There's a United States naval vessel on this dock as well. There are Navy seamen all over this dock as well. Two people come up to James Strang, shoot him in the head, grazes his head, shoot him in the cheek, ouch, and also shoot him in the spine, paralyzing him. The two people then take their pistols and beat the crap out of him after he's been shot three times. They then run on to one of these ships. Nobody stops them. Nobody warns Strang, stops the guys, or even attempts to arrest them. They carry James Strang away where he lives, I believe, for a few weeks before he finally dies. It is widely believed that the president of the United States himself and or the Michigan state government had him killed. That is the story of either the greatest con man of all time, certainly a charismatic, capable leader. How do we even put this, Chris? I don't want to call it a cult. I'm not going to try to insult a bunch of Mormons on here, but but is it would would other Mormons consider that a cult? It was a different sect, very much a rival sect to the other Mormons. I don't know what you want to call it, but I do know this. And I understand this is part of my broken down, awful nature. I kind of respect the hustle. I kind of respect the hustle. This is a guy who had multiple wives and at one point was traveling around and didn't want people to know he had multiple wives. So he dressed one of them up like a dude as his nephew. <laughs> it's just a, just an insane person. Hang on, I have thoughts. The Jesse Kelly Show. Vault Pro is warranted for life. That might be the coolest thing I can say about them. How many things do you know? are warrantied for life. Vault Pro is. If you go to Vault Pro, you can also customize what you buy there. And they have gun safes. They have storm shelters. They have walk-in vaults. If I sound excited about that, it's because I'm designing my own as we speak. They have vault doors. And when I say designing, this is what I mean. Vault Pro, they have custom items. They obviously have stock items you can buy, but you can add gun gun racks. You can add shelving. You can add workbenches. You can add things to make your Vault Pro safe for you. And made in America. Go to vaultprousa.com slash jesse. That's vaultprousa.com slash jesse. Do not forget to use the promo code jesse. 
Save yourself some money. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. I'm going to say the least popular thing I've ever said on the show. Part of me really admires Nancy Pelosi. I respect the hustle. Nancy Pelosi has the likability of athlete's foot. She comes off as this snobby, mean, miserable, rich old hag who, would, who, would, who wouldn't even look at you twice if you were laying in front of her on the sidewalk on fire. If she had a glass of water, she'd drink it and probably laugh as she got in the car and ate caviar. That's how she comes off, right? She does. Not an ounce of likability or charm. Not one. And yet Nancy Pelosi might be the most powerful woman in the United States of America. Nancy Pelosi is third in line for the presidency. Speaker of the House now. Twice. Nancy Pelosi is constantly doing And saying things that make virtually everyone cringe in horror and yet has somehow, like James Strang, has somehow risen to the top of the heap and I know it's wrong. I kind of respect it. Yes, I know she's detestable in every possible way. You don't have to write me and yell at me about that. I get it. You're welcome to call 877-377-4373, 877-377-4373. Anything bad you want to say about her, I will agree with you. I know. I get it. But it's it's almost like it's almost like a wide receiver in football who becomes a pro bowler in the NFL only he's really slow. He can't run fast. That's what it appears to a politician rising to that level of power and you are almost universally hated as some old witch. It's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. I I just you know what we need? I'm I'm gonna get him on tomorrow. I want um, we need John Phillips on our good buddy who hosts the John Phillips show on KABC, that huge uh station out in LA. Great station, by the way. John is more wired into California politics than anybody. I need the Nancy Pelosi story from start to finish. I have to know how she pulled it off, Chris. I mean, and look, Chris, you can say to me, well, she's a Democrat in San Francisco, so she can't ever be beaten. Yes, that's the case now. However, at some point in her career, she had opponents. 
At some point, I guarantee she had primary opponents, and don't tell me they were less likable than she is. Somehow she has pulled this off. Somehow she's pulled this off. I want to know how. And in case you're wondering, she's in the news. Headline, Pelosi used shuttered San Francisco hair salon for blowout. Owner calls it a slap in the face. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited a San Francisco hair salon on Monday afternoon for a wash and blowout, despite local ordinances keeping salons closed amid the coronavirus pandemic. Fox News has learned. And the security footage obtained by Fox News, by the way, I'd love to know how they got a hold of that security footage. Who's the rat? Who got the security footage and sent it in? It had to be the owner. Had to be the owner. Anyway, in security footage obtained by Fox News and time-stamped Monday at 3.08 p.m. Pacific time, the California powerhouse is seen walking through East Salon in San Francisco with wet hair and without a mask over her mouth or nose. The stylist doing her hair can be seen following her in a black face mask. Salons in San Francisco have been closed since March and were only notified they they could reopen on September 1st for outdoor hairstyling services only. Quote, I'm sharing this because of what everyone in my industry and in my city is going through right now. End quote. Salon owner Erica Kios said. Kios, in a phone interview with Fox News on Tuesday, shared details of Pelosi's visit. Kios explained she has an independent she has independent stylists working for her who rent chairs. One of my stylists who rents a chair from me contacted me on Sunday night. Mm-mm-mm. Here's what it really tells you. Yes, Nancy Pelosi is the ultimate socialist. Laws are for you, they're not for them. Laws are for the littles. Yes, that's 100% true. But you've seen these stories over and over and over again. Remember, she's not the first one. Remember Chicago's mayor, Lori Lightfoot? You don't remember that? Hang on, I'll explain. Gold Alliance is an A-plus rated company with the Better Business Bureau. And let's dwell on that for a moment. You know how difficult that is to get an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau? It's difficult. It means you've been taking care of people for a long time. And you need a gold IRA in your portfolio. You have to have it now. Look at what the Fed is doing Printing money, unbacked currency by the trillion with a T. We know how that story ends. 50 million people unemployed, new business closures every single day. Do you really honestly think the stock market stays up where it is now? Of course not. There's going to be a market correction. Don't get burnt when it does. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. You can get up to $5,000 in gold and silver coins. 
Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot recently got caught at the beginning of the coronavirus stuff when she locked everything down, got her hair cut. What is it with these women and getting her hair cut? Philadelphia's mayor recently got caught dining indoors after banning dining indoors. There are story after story after story of this happening. What does it tell you that this keeps happening? It should tell you something very, very specific. I'm going to give you a second to think about it. Nancy Pelosi says, you can't do this, you can't do that. But then she turns around and does it. Lori Lightfoot says, you can't do this, but then she turns around and does it. Mayor of Philly, Kenny, says, you can't do this, but then he turns around and does it. All of it is about coronavirus. What does it tell you about them? What does it tell you about what they believe? Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next on the Jordan Harbinger show. You'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working on the cover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.